Hello guys, how's it going? Welcome, welcome. This is the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show. It is, we hope, although we don't assume, the sound of the start of your weekend. I'm Ali Maxwell. Sitting opposite me is George Ellick. George, our weekend started early this week. Where do we come to the listeners from today? M- to Madeira, from Madeira. Yeah, from Madeira. With Sadly, love. I was trying to use the Championship Manager 2001-2002 to Madeira gag that was tweeted to us, but it didn't really work because he didn't set, set it up right. Uh, yeah, we come to you from our hotel room in, in Madeira. This is actually our first ever live, not the top 20 betting show, given that the friend of ours, the third member of our group, is, is lying on his bed next to us. So <laughs> apologies if there's any shuffling around. Um, but the commitment to the cause, the commitment to still providing our thoughts on the weekend's football uh, coming to you from a, a depleted docket during international break from our hotel room. Uh, and after this, I'm going to go and jump in the pool. A meagre docket, a meagre docket, but one in which we think we can find some value. This podcast is sponsored by Betfair. Uh, betting comes with risks and this podcast is for over 18s only. We ask that everyone listening be gamble aware. Please head to begambleaware.org to better understand the risks that come with betting. Last week, not our best. We didn't get either of our naps up, which was a huge blow. Mm. MK Dons and Ipswich, I think we both went into the weekend feeling pretty bullish on those uh, and they let us down. George got a cracking 5-2 to two winner with Barrow at Mansfield. Really good price, that winner for him. Uh, and you also laid Cardiff, who lost 1-0 at home to Reading with some fortune, I think it's fair to say. Your yes. BTTS pick and the Troy Parrott goalscorer pick fell short. Uh, and for me, yeah, only Forest Green doing the business at 2.4 as my next best at Carlisle. Uh, I've now picked Ipswich for my nap twice this season. The first time they were 2-0 up and conceded twice in the last 10 minutes to draw. And then this horrendous performance against a very impressive resurgent at Crinton Stanley, who's, uh, whose recent form I had questioned heavily. So uh, let's go again. Let's see, George, if we can wring some value out of this tiny, tiny docket. There are three or four games in League One and, and a full slate in League Two. Uh, where have you found your nap this weekend? Who did you say you'd nap twice and they'd let you down both times? Ipswich, Ipswich Town. Ipswich Town on my nap. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because it's there, there are fewer games, um, you know, I'd normally probably try not to nap up a, a three to four or a 1.75 shot, but I, I do think that they are the best value uh, of any team to win um, this week. Uh, and part of that is because of who they're playing in Shrewsbury. You know, I was as surprised as you were, as disappointed as you were to see just how poor they were uh, at Accrington following up that 6-0 win against Doncaster. Uh, I didn't see that coming, especially having taken the lead, to take the lead. And then with that plethora of attacking talent to, to then not even register another shot the way at Accrington is poor. But I think Accrington are, are a far, far better opposition than what they're going to face uh, on Saturday against Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury played five away league games so far this season. They lost 2-0 to Morecambe. They lost 1-0 to Pompey. They lost 1-0 to Accrington. They drew one all at Hillsborough against Sheffield Wednesday. And they lost 2-1 against Bolton. So they're not being well beaten, but they are fairly abject away from home. And I think you have to just sometimes look at the quality gap between the two sides. And Ipswich's side is just so much, so far clear. And we've seen recently in that 6-0 win against Doncaster what they can do. The football they play is, is decent. You know, we know that Shrewsbury are a team who like to press very high. I think that's going to offer some space in behind that Ipswich will look to exploit. Um, I think Ipswich often this season, when they've been at their poorest, have been when they've been granted a lot of possession in the opposition's half, but been unable to really break them down. I don't think that'll be the case here, given the way that Shrewsbury like to set up. 
so it fits them so yeah i mean it three to four it, it's not particularly exciting but needs must when it comes to a a, a, a having not as many options as you like uh, i'm gonna go straight into my foot into my goal scorer tip as well wow because it's in this game i tried this last week with mk dons and parrot it ended up costing me three points but i do think costing them three points too uh <laughs> but i do think this is value it's a different way of thinking about things Burson selena is on international duty this weekend so he will not be playing for Ipswich, which means that there is a space that's opened up um in the sides one of three players will play in it Piggott could play in a in a two with Bon uh, after scoring in midweek in the in the Papa John's. I don't think that's likely. I think more likely it'll either be Connor Chaplin who'll come in and play as a number ten, or I think maybe the most likely will be Kyle Edwards who came off the bench uh, on the weekend, who played in midweek, coming back to fitness, and he was a player who really caught the attention and caught the eye of Ipswich fans when he played early on in the season. You know, he played three ninety minutes in a row before the injury. Um, he was getting into a lot of goal-scoring positions. He was basically just a player that a lot of town fans said just looked too good for the level. Now, looking at the first goal scorer odds for this game, unsurprisingly, you have the strikers very, very short. You know, I've been backing Bonn recently, but, uh, you know, the value in Bonn is going, going Bonn. Um, but, uh, so he's 3-1 to one first goal scorer, 6-5 to five, 6 to five Pig at 9-2, 2-1 to two, two anytime, still a bit skinny. Chaplin makes some makes some appeal, and if if he does go with Chaplin in at ten, um, rather than what I think he will do, which is shift Fraser out from the left inside to the number ten role, then play Edwards on the left. Um, but if it is um, Chaplin, I'll probably back Chaplin on the day. He's five to one first goal scorer, nine to four anytime. But the tip is Edwards at seven to two anytime goal scorer. Um, as I say, I think he'll play. Uh, I think he, he's very very good, um, and. Given that I think Ipswich are going to win this one, I think he represents the best value amongst those front players who are the most likely to get in, get into the goal scoring positions. Right. Let me tell you about my nap, which is a Friday night nap. Always exciting, concerning. Choose which you think is applicable. <laughs> uh, it's in League Two. It's Tranmere Rovers at home to Colchester United, and I'm picking the Super White Army to do the business at two point one five. Uh, sort of dual thinking here. A I believe Tramier are improving, uh, particularly on the attacking end. Uh, they have famously only conceded three goals in 10 games so far this season. Uh, but as you were rightfully pointing out, if you look at the Opta underlying numbers, uh, an expected goals against number of 13.3, only three goals conceded. So we shouldn't expect them to continue conceding at this rate. The good news is I think that there's signs they are starting to loosen up a little going forward. And that should help to improve their goal-scoring output, which has been almost as low as their goals against number. They switched it to, to four at the back, Mickey Mellon, uh, about three games ago. They've had two wins and a draw against Forrest Green in that time since. Just seems to work a little better. Um, it seems to have loosened things up a little. They've got very strong centre-back pairing of, of uh, Clark and Davies. Uh, the, the full-backs are doing really well at the moment. And then in midfield, I think is probably where it's working best. Spearing being spearing at the base of midfield, Foley covering all the ground. And then Kieran Morris has quite a nice sort of attacking central midfield role. And I think we all know that Kieran Morris in flashes in games has quality to be a match winner to score or, or create chances after carrying the ball through the thirds. Uh, and then McManaman has been playing well in bursts uh, and certainly has the quality against a lot of League Two fullbacks to um, to create chances. And I would expect a good performance from him here. 
it's it's only up top really where Nevit has been very popular with Tramir fans, works very hard, um, bit of an all-rounder, but hasn't shown himself to be a particularly clinical finisher yet. So that's probably the main concern for Tramir. But as I say, I think they are improving. I think they're loosening up a little bit. Uh, and they're a threat from set plays, as we've seen often this season. Clark and Davies have both scored from corners. And it's four wins out of five at Prenton Park. So I'm expecting a good, strong home atmosphere here. I think Colchester are not improving at all. Uh, their whole season performance has been concerning, but recent performances more so than, than the first few weeks of the season. They're, they're pretty consistently, call you second best in pretty much every game they play in League Two. No obvious identity in terms of style of play. Uh, they've got the worst open play attack in League Two. They owe so much to their goalkeeper, Shamal George. Uh, as de Tramier, in fairness, uh, previously Murphy and now Doohan in goal for them. Both, both, both teams owe a lot to their goalkeepers. Uh, I think George has been the difference, really, between Cole Yu having you. 10 points from nine games, as they do, rather than like five or six, which I think their performances probably suggest. I, I basically think they are maybe not as bad as Oldham, but probably not too far off. Uh, I think Tranmere could cut loose here. I think they're quite a lot better than Colu in all departments. And I think they'll beat them. So that's why they're my nap at 2.15. We're going to have to find a... I uh, might have to take the iPad to a bar, a Madeiran bar, and get it up on iFollow. Yes, please. We can, we can cheer that in. What's next for you? Next best. I think this is a handshake on the next best, isn't it? I didn't pick them because Ooh. I knew you were going to. Right. But I think we can all agree Bolton. that there's some value in the trotters. <laughs> yeah, Bolton, 11-5 to five to win at Hillsborough. Um, I'm just so impressed with this Bolton side. Uh, you look at their performances consistently over the course of the season. I've got no issue with them being the away team here. You look at their travels to sides like of, of similar ilk um, to Wednesday so far this season. They beat Ipswich 5-2 at Portman. They beat Charlton 4-1 at the Valley. Now both Wednesday have certainly looked stronger than both those sides so far, but they haven't been disgraced at the Stadium of Light. They lost 1-0 in a, in a good performance. Junior 0-0 at Wigan as well. Um, I think Bolton are legitimately one of the six or seven best sides in the division. I watched a lot of Oxford against Wednesday uh, at Hillsborough on Saturday and I was not impressed on Sunday uh, when I thought about the game. Um, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think Wednesday looked particularly sharp. Um, I've made my, my theory on their defensive frailties and their goalkeeper uh, obvious on the Monday pod. Um, they, they just don't, to me, look like a side who... You know, I wasn't particularly enamoured by their um, business before the season started in the summer, and I've I've seen little so far to suggest that I was wrong yet. I mean, I still think they're going to finish in the top ten. I, I don't think they're going to be winning the league. Um, I think that they are a team who are probably ripe to pick up form as the season goes on. Um, but I, I think Bolton are just the better side at the moment. Obviously, there is a home advantage to, to Wednesday, and that's factored into the price. But I think at eleven to five, bigger than two to one, you're getting about Bolton here. A Bolton side who are so free scoring with Affalion and the form that he's in um, as well. I think probably the form player in the league and, and one of the best players in the league too. So, yeah, I think they are. Um, they stand out as being on first glance being being value, and I think it checks out when you when you delve into it. Mm, good news for. Bolton was Sheehan not being called up to the Wales squad this time, albeit I think it's possible he'll be kept out the side by the blistering form of former Wednesday midfielder Kieran Lee, dare I say it, former Wednesday fan favourite Kieran Lee, so that's a nice wrinkle to this game. And of course, I mean, a, a close shave with Affalion not being called up to the England squad as well, <laughs> can't have been far off. No. Uh, yes, I have also backed Bolton this weekend, they certainly seemed the standout value and I notice in our 
NTT20 squad uh, betting channel that has also been flagged up. So clearly, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of people agreeing on that front. Salford to beat Walsall is my official next best at, at two to one. This one's at Walsall this weekend. I said on the Monday pod about Salford, who I backed last weekend in, in a comfy win against Colu, that despite their slow start, which saw them 19th, I think, in the table ahead of last weekend after nine games, a really poor slow start, I think we can really start to expect Salford to ease up the table. Uh, I think they are probably a, a playoff side ultimately uh, and we know that every time you start believing in Salford they let you down um, so I'm hoping that doesn't start here but I'm liking what I'm seeing in the last few weeks uh, they've got such a strong first 11 particularly uh, last weekend at, at Colchester they were dominant Thomas Asante and Elliot playing up top together dovetailing really really well um, Matty Lund has, has settled into his central midfield role at sort of uh, he's the attacking threat with Jason Lowe just sitting They've got Ash Hunter and Josh Morris on the flanks. It's just a very, very strong squad. In fact, I think their Ipswich Loney Ndaba uh, is picking up a lot of uh, plaudits as well for his performances at left-back. So I think they're in a good place, and I think the league table is is lying. Uh, if, if you were to use that to rate League 2 teams at the moment, I think Salford are a lot better than their position suggests. Um, and... Yeah, they're, they're playing some quite good stuff as well. I noticed they're very high up for pressing numbers, for winning the ball high up in in the opposition. Third, uh, good attacking numbers as well. Not great on the defensive end, but signs that that might be improving. And they beat Colchester comfortably away from home last weekend. I think Walsall are slightly better than Colu, but not a huge amount better than Colu. We've spoken about them quite a lot in recent weeks. Poor in possession, another side struggling to find a, an identity or I guess just a, a playing style that works for them. Um, they're a bit soft from set pieces, consider the joint most goals from set pieces in the league. So the height of Tom Elliott and the centre-backs rumbling forward, trotting up from the back could be an issue for Walsall here. I just don't see the Banks' stadium as much as of a fortress. Uh, two wins, one draw, two defeats so far for them there. And from what I've I've heard from Walsall fans, the match day experience is is poor, disappointing, not good. Uh, and I think what they're seeing on the pitch is not really raising any excitement levels. I think there's a, a level of apathy around the place at the moment. So I think that Salford are a much stronger side. I think they can impose themselves here. I think they have the better team, the better manager, um, based on the evidence that we've seen so far, albeit Matty Taylor's only a, a few months into his managerial career. So uh, I'm picking Salford to keep on rolling off the back of that 2-0 win last weekend and do the same here against Walsall at 2.1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. We're going to make use of the exchange now, George, with our lay bet. You got yours up just about last week with Cardiff. Where are you going this time? Lay, 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 lay. Um... <clears throat> I'm laying Mansfield. Um, you know, I bat Barrow last week. Uh, it wasn't, I don't even can say it was a fortuitous win for, for Barrow, but it wasn't by any stretch a dominant one, but I'm still pretty pretty concerned about Mansfield. You know, I mentioned on the on the betting show last week how their data was was very concerning. Their run of form is also very poor. Uh, so I, I just think they are a side to be getting against basically any opportunity at the moment. And I think, and I might be wrong here, but I think Oldham aren't that bad mm. at the moment I think we have seen an improvement in Oldham in the last couple of weeks that I didn't anticipate um, if you take out the 7-0 defeat against Brentford which is you know clearly has very little um, sway and you ignore the, the EFL trophy as well they got a decent point at home to Hartlepool they then went to Rochdale who uh, you know I think we thought were, were a far stronger team and beat them and, and did so on merit 
And then last time out, they were beaten 2-1 by Harrogate. But again, in a performance that you know, they scored later on and they were 2-0 down, but that showed some promise and kind of some solidity, I guess, at the back. I think, I don't know, maybe because the um, the fan angst around the ownership issues has, has dissipated a little bit. I'm not saying that the, the feelings have changed, but in terms of the, the sheer passion uh, of the reaction initially was always going to burn out a bit. Um, things are just a little bit more stable now. Um, I still think they are a team who, who we're going to be looking at as being quite clear relegation candidates. and I don't think anything's changed there. But I think Mansfield are being priced up on, on playing the whipping boys. And I don't think they necessarily are playing the whipping boys. I think they're playing against a side who are who are at, at worst competitive or maybe at best competitive in their League 2 games at the moment. So, yeah, Mansfield in their current state being 1.83 basically to um to win a game of football i think is is a massive hmm. take on it i think even if oldham were pretty poor you know if they were playing a scunthorpe team who i think are are abject i'd still probably be looking to get against mansfield but i think there are some green shoots um some very very small if you look really closely <laughs> some green shoots at oldham uh, and that's enough for me to to put mansfield as the lay so i'm laying wick and wanderers in league 1 uh, they're 1.65 to beat Gillingham this weekend, or rather that's the, the price that I've put up this morning. I think they're 1.6 to back on the exchange. Uh, I put up 1.65 for my lay bet. And it's not really the same reasoning as you, you with Mansfield, because I do think Wickham are a good side. I understand the price. They've won four out of four at home this season. Jills are down in 18th with 11 points from 11. N- not a bad start, but n- you know, not pulling up any trees. Uh, it looks like a home win. I do understand that. I just don't think it, it's quite as easy as the price suggests. That really is pretty skinny uh, for Wickham to be 1.6, 1.65 as I've put them up. Uh, all of their home wins of the four have been by one goal. Last weekend, obviously, Morecambe, you know, injury time winner. It was a crazy, crazy, frantic game. They probably, you know, I think a draw would have been the more fair result. But in their other three home wins, it's been... Fairly narrow stuff. Quite often they've they've started games quickly at Adams Park, got ahead and then just uh, squashed the game really. And that's certainly an option uh, to happen here. But I don't think that it would be right to suggest that they are dominating teams and putting them away with ease. Now, Jills may have not won many games, but I think we can file them under tough to beat if we're being generous. They've only lost four of 11, avoided defeat in seven of 11 this season uh, and avoided defeat in four of their six away games as well. Uh, they have I, someone I consider to be one of the best goalkeepers in the league and Jamie Cumming on loan from Chelsea, who's doing really, really good things in nets for them. Uh, and a, a part of my reasoning here is these are two of the most direct teams in the league. I honestly think the ball is only likely to be in play for about 35 mm. minutes in this game. So I'm hoping that when it is in play, it's mostly in the air, away from both goals with, you know, defenders, particularly the Jills defenders, winning meaty headers. Uh, I'm obviously hoping for a bit of a Dane Oliver or perhaps Kyle Dempsey magic for Jills. Uh, and I'm going to need them to, to defend very resolutely against the threat of Vokes, particularly. Wickham are going ahead with this game despite having three first-team squad members on international duty. Um, of the three, I think Horgan's probably the the big miss. Kai Kai and TJ Debar slightly less so. Um, they, they've got people to come in. Hanlon has impressed off the bench in recent weeks. So um, I, I don't for a minute think that Jills are the likely winners of this game, but I'm just not having Wickham at the price. So I've put a layup at 1.65 using the Betfair exchange. Just a reminder as well that there are no cash-out suspensions 
on Betfair on match odds for all EFL games. That's applicable to singles and multiples. No cash out suspensions whatsoever if you use Betfair for all your EFL match odds punting. Uh, George, let's go to the goals bet segment. You're normally quite good at this. It didn't get up last week. Cobblers didn't score, which you didn't think. Didn't see it's coming. I basically, the whole point of the bet was I thought Sutton were going to do well and then they just won 2 0. <laughs> what about this time round? Early game mm-hmm. tomorrow. Going BTTS again. I think it's Saturday. You've, you've done Sorry. that thing where we're on holiday and you forget what day it is. <laughs> yep. Early game. Saturday. Mm. For those who are listening on Friday, tomorrow. Mm. That's what I meant. Uh, Forest, Forest Green play Swindon. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. This should be a great game between two sides who, or Swindon, who certainly like to get the ball down and play, and Forest Green who like to just attack at any opportunity whatsoever. It should have every um, ingredient for an open game of football. Um, Forest Green have been so good going forward. They've been excellent defensively as well, but I do think Swindon have the tools to hurt them. Um, you know, we know that Swindon like to play on the front foot. We really like to have the ball in advanced areas. There, you know, this there's no uh, historic rivalry at all between these two sides, but it is a geographical one. I think there'll be a bit of needle here, um, with a fair fair few Swindon fans making the trip. Um, I think it's it should be a great game for the neutral to watch, um, in terms of style, and I anticipate there will be goals as well. Rather than going over two and a half and going for BTTS again, because I do think Swindon will breach them and pick and prices ten to eleven each side. Do I think it's more or less likely that both teams will score? more so therefore the 10 to 11 or 9 to 10 I think it is actually it's a touch shorter um, is the way to go this is quite fun because I've backed nil nil in that game wow but I can't remember why okay <laughs> it was I, I read something or I saw something on probably Monday or Tuesday and it made me want to back nil nil in Forest Green Swindon I disagree so between us there may be some joy. 1-0 Forest Green incoming. Uh, I'm still going with the under 1.5 double approach. Uh, this one's at 8.63 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And it is Hartlepool against Northampton for game one. A pretty straightforward this. Hartlepool's games have the lowest goal expectancy in the whole league. And Cobblers the fourth lowest. At half of both teams' games have gone under 1.5. Uh, and I'm hoping that it's kind of... What's the opposite phrase of an immovable force meeting an irresistible object. I basically think it's a resistible object. Two rubbish teams. Meeting a rubbish team. Right. No, not rubbish. Just not good at scoring goals. Fine. Um, Hartlepool and Northampton both excel defensively, do not excel offensively. I've got them as leg one. Leg two is Barrow against Leighton Orient. I had Orient and Vale in this last week and it was 3-2. I couldn't have been further wrong. I do think overall what I said about Orient and their defensive strength uh, and their kind of not defence first approach but just being pretty solid and keeping games generally quite low margin I think that is them ultimately even if last week's game did get away from them somewhat Uh, and uh, crucially you know I'm trying to find formational similarities as a way of cancelling each other out and I think Barrow's three at the back and Orient's three at the back can cancel each other out to an extent here so Hartlepool Northampton and Barrow Leighton Orient under 1.5 double at 8.63 with the Betfair Sportsbook which leaves me with a goal scorer because you've already told us about Kyle Edwards Kyle Edwards he's your goal scorer Uh, mine is a centre-back looking to recreate the 20-1 Connor Shaughnessy winner from two weeks ago with another Irish centre-back this is a pretty simple one using those uh, Opta analyst data charts which we love so much which I should plug as dataviz.theanalyst.com 
slash season dash reviews. You can find it all there. Um, it makes this quite straightforward. Who has the most expected goals created from set-piece situations in League 2 this season? Rochdale AFC. Who has the joint second worst defensive numbers from set plays? This weekend's Dale opponents, Crawley Town. Who is towards the top of the charts for CB shots in League 2? Rochdale's Irish superstar, Owen O'Connell. Uh, he had a good chance against Bradford last week. I think that this is a case of a team that will dominate the ball in Rochdale. I would expect them to probably win the game. I expect them to have plenty of set-piece opportunities and O'Connell, their main threat against a Crawley side that have shown themselves to be pretty vulnerable in those positions. So the 22-1 to any time offered by the Betfair Sportsbook uh, seemed very generous. I'm taking that. Uh, he's 45 to 1 first and last, uh, but the anytime at 22 to 1 is my pick. If you bet 20 pounds on multiples or bet builders, you'll receive a 5 pound free bet to use on multiples or bet builders as well. T's and C's do apply. And just before we do like friendly fires and jump in the pool, please recap your selections. My nap is Ipswich, who are playing Shrewsbury at home. My next best is Bolton, who plays Sheffield Wednesday away. I'm laying Mansfield, who play Oldham at home. Both teams to score in Forest Green who are at home against Swindon who are away and then Carl Edwards to score any time for Ipswich who are at home to Shrewsbury. My nap is Tranmere Rovers Friday night, don't forget, against Colchester. Salford to beat Walsall at 2.1, I should say Tranmere 2.15. As we're recording, I'm laying Wickham against Gillingham at 1.65. My under 1.5 double is in League 2. Hartlepool Cobblers and Barrow Leighton Orient, the two selections there. And Owen O'Connell to score any time at 22-1 for Rochdale. Uh, George, cheers to Madeira. Cheers, Toe Madeira. It's been a pleasure to talk to you about this weekend's Reduced Docket on the Not The Top 20 podcast, sponsored by Betfair. Kennedy back here, Thanks for listening.